one showing is the fresh of breath air. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? <laughs> it kind of looks like a football, actually. It, Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome to Witty Not Funny Sports Live, the number one self rated Buffalo sports show covering the Bill Sabres, who started tonight, entertainment and everything in between, and as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter at Witty Sports 716, right at the bottom of your screen there. Make sure you check out everything Built in Buffalo is giving you every single week, the best Bills content out there. YouTube, Facebook, it's a takeover at Built in Buffalo underscore. We are hosts. I am Matt. He is Tony. Tony, what's going on tonight? Matt, how are you? Matt, I got to say, I am uh, lamenting. I'm still licking my wounds from the game. Feeling a lot of emotions about it. Are are you as well? I am lamenting. Yes. Yes. You know, right after that game, I I said, I have to lament. Matt, I'm I'm an artist. I'm an artist. I had to write my feelings out in the form of a song, if you'll indulge me. Portray your emotions through song. Let the lyrics. Yes. Yes, exactly. I had to let the lyrics take care of it. Uh, so if, I, if, if you'll indulge me, I would love to Regalous. pull my heart and soul out via lyrics. I drove into London town. It was dawn in the United States. Looking for another win to celebrate with my mates. Then I saw the state of the turf designed for the other footballs. So I hope the player stayed safe like a barrel going over the falls. So take a, so break a kneecap, Maddie. Tara Peck, DQ, Bruiser Cortex, Dalton, and add Taryn to the end of the queue. That's it. That's all I got. Very nice. No, that was, was a more lot. than I expected. That was very good. <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> what do you mean more uh, than listener, you expected? What did you expect? It was, you sometimes do like a whole verse and sometimes you do like five words in one single line. Sure. Oh, I, I, I don't well, know. It's a nice one over time. Of- I had a lot of feelings, so that's what. Did you have a lot of coffee like Josh Allen did before no, that, that British coffee. Oh, that, the worst, the worst kind of coffee. I've never. I don't even know what British coffee is. Like, what is the difference? It's chocolate. It's milk. not Starbucks. Oh, okay. I don't know what it is. It's caffeinated <laughs> chocolate milk. Pretty, yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds about right. Listeners, viewers, if you like what Tony is regaling you with his beautiful voice, like, comment, subscribe, super oh. chats, do whatever you can to. Sus- <laughs> I was gonna. What are you gonna say? Like, hire Tony for your next birthday party. I thought you were gonna say like we're dro- like we're dropping the album pretty soon. <laughs> oh wow! It's twenty nine thirty second bag, songs. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah, be real move. Be real power move. You thought the Soul Train greatest hits was good? Wait till you. Get the witty, not funny records greatest hits. Soul Train, um, Tony. If, if there's anything to um, kind of, if there's anything for the viewers to kind of pinpoint as to how this episode is going to go, take a look at my background, which I'm sure you can see. What the hell was this? <laughs> if you didn't that think clock? the game was going to go bad when right away viewing these two people, and if people is overselling it, that that's probably the case. Uh, 
the clock yes no the clock yeah. uh the these uh two characters if you will uh right when i saw that i'm like this isn't good this game is gonna go all kinds of bad don't you agree um i would say that i learned i mean i have in my worldview a lot of florida stereotypes uh this this as we do person this person in the formal jaguar attire i don't either broke this those stereotypes or added new stereotypes one of those two happened uh when i saw this person neither was good yeah neither was good neither like neither put duval in a better in a better place absolutely uh i was trying to figure out like right when i saw it like what these things names were uh and i couldn't even like, their like character names no way this like just even their regular names like there's no way yeah. this guy's like a dave he's like a, the top lawyer from duval like no or the top like orthopedic surgeon there's no way <laughs> i was trying to think of like some what is, what is even their names i couldn't even figure it out so well what who is just... the 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 jaguar reminds me of like is there like an alice in wonderland character who's like an animal yeah. in, a tuxedo that's a good call yeah like that's that's where my mind went that's kind of like the uh like the caterpillar with like the long like cigarette thing oh like, yeah that that's a good call yeah that's a good call so listeners viewers i'm sure you were mad watching the game sunday we're still mad four days later here five days later however you want to uh time it so we have a lot to get into uh, one of the big things, Tony, uh, and we're mad. Viewers are mad. These two people are mad. Well, one of them's mad. Maybe the other one's mad. Too. I don't know. I can't tell what his emotions are. Uh, one of them's the Mad Hatter. <laughs> oh, there you go. All back. Um, another person who was very mad during the game, Stefan Diggs. Of course, the clip going around him slamming the tablet, doing his best Dorsey impression. Maybe as maybe it was a little like homage to to ken dorsey saying ken you're not the problem and if listeners you followed our twitter or x feed all week we're gonna get into some ken dorsey stuff this could be like an hour long of ken dorsey hate like a day i'll hate player false just hate 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 because i have a lot of thoughts about ken dorsey but uh stefan diggs showed he was mad josh said he was mad at himself for running the wrong route i think there was a lot more to it could have been that but i think there's a lot more to it uh tony just kick off the episode though Let's give the viewers what we think. And viewers, chime in. Give us your comments on what you think Stefan Diggs was actually mad at. Our wittiest answers as to what Stefan Diggs was mad at. We heard from Josh. We kind of heard from Diggs. kind of from McDermott. What was Stefan Diggs actually seeing on that tablet that made him so mad? Tony, I'm going to kick it off. Uh, I think Stefan Diggs was mad. Being a music fan himself. Uh, he finally found out that Millie Vanilli was lip syncing. Mm. I think he was very mad at that. He was bamboozled. He was tricked. All these years, he thought those two were a great singing duo through his childhood years. And finally, he finds out they're lip syncing, and he cannot contain his anger. That was my first one. Tony, what's your first one? Why Stefan Diggs is mad in the wittiest way? Well, mine is not the first one. Mine is mine is the definitive answer. Mine is like, I know, I know this. Uh, so... My my uh, speculation that I assume is correct <clears throat> is that he went onto his iPad to find out that Neff had gone private. Neff's Instagram oh. had gone private. Do you know who Neff is? No, I don't. I'm not cool. Oh, okay. With you kids. 
Oh, no, there's nothing cool. There's no, there's nothing Arthur Fonzarelli about knowing who Neff is because Neff, so. If there's anything Rito, cool, it's an Arthur Fonzarelli drum. Yep. So. Uh, Winkler uh, himself. Maybe, maybe last year or maybe it was like last, like off season before last, we took a deep dive. We is the people in my house uh, to discover Steph Diggs's sort of Instagram uh, interactions and he was going hard at this woman Neff, who on Instagram is uh, Film Colors is her Instagram name, and she was public and has has in between at some point gone private. I presume Steph's first interaction was realized gone private. Steph was Steph was Instagramming hard towards this girl Neff. So Neff is the real life concierge from the hotel from the show the real anna delvey and so this neff who who was an accomplice to anna delvey um con art con conning people a, a con artist so the show the real anna delvey is anna delvey is uh, a con artist and she has an accomplice in this hotel concierge neff is the real life concierge helping the uh. real life real Anna Delvey. So lost. Okay. So it's on Netflix. I've never seen a minute of this show. Um, so that's who Neff is. So Neff was this con artist accomplice. Steph was potentially, possibly engaged in some kind of romantic relationship with this woman. Steph was always dropping uh, heart emojis in her yeah. comments. Steph was always in DMs, we presume. When Steph would do like a photo dump on Instagram, it would be like a mm -hmm. bunch of random stuff. And then photos like five and seven would be something having to do with this Neff woman. Uh, so like a lot was going hard with Steph and his pursuit or relationship or something with this Neff woman who is a con artist, who is a known con artist. And there is a Netflix show about how she is a con artist or at least con artist adjacent. Um, she, her Instagram is now private, thus, thusly, Thusly, private to Steph, who has deleted all his pictures of Neff in between, and a lot of other pictures. But I present information in the way that's convenient for my narrative. So uh, I have to assume... You thought about this. <laughs> well, I, I know what's going on here, because what's going on is that Steph went on his iPad, saw that Neff had gone private, and he did not like that one bit. Steph's heart is hurt. It's a good thing he flosses, because his heart is hurt, and flossing makes your whole body healthy. Well, hygiene is the best kind. Absolutely. <laughs> that was super in-depth. I followed about 2% of it. Okay. Okay. But I am totally on board. Felt like he's getting conned, and I'd be as angry as Steph. I felt like I was getting conned. Uh, Tony, my second reason as to why, or possibility that's, as to why Steph just could have been mad and what's on the tablet is a little throwback for all you Bills fans. And this all rounds out the drought year and the Allen years very in, in one packet. Stefan Diggs was mad because he hasn't watched Avengers Endgame yet and saw the video of Shady McCoy spoiling the, the move for him. The biggest movie ever is spoiled by your brethren, the man who came before you, part of the Bills Legends organization. I would be mad at that too. I'd be super mad at that. Shady McCoy, he found the video of him spoiling, of Shady spoiling Avengers Endgame. He didn't see it yet. Simple as that. Simple explanation. I like how uh, both of our... I like how both of our picks yep. relate to the idea that Steph is just way behind on social media. Like he's finding information on social media he's from just, months ago. He's, he's <laughs> like stuck seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so my second pick. Wait, I'm going to look up his must face right now and see if it's like... <laughs> right. Okay, you look that up. I'll explain my second pick. Um, so, Steph Diggs... Yeah, go for it. We're living in a world here, for my second pick, where Steph Diggs, known partner in crime, both in... Both in... Uh, both hyperbolically and in real life, with the aforementioned Neff. Now, Neff, we know, what's her job? Hotel concierge. Steph, a comp... Steph is... Not not adversaries to this woman in my second pick. Steph is accomplice to this woman. Conspir- the conspiracy opens up. What happened recently in a London hotel? Maybe with someone who had a little bit few, too many, ro- too many rooms access? That sentence didn't make sense, but you know what I'm trying to say. Here's what I think. Steph Diggs and Neff separated themselves on social media only to deter, uh, only to deter the authorities as Neff goes in to Andre Reed's room, steals his ring, steals other items. Steph goes on his iPad to see if the to see if the plan went according to everything that they had worked out. And what does the iPad say? Neff stabs him in the back. She's keeping the ring for himself. Blocks him on social media. Goes private. Bills lose the game. It all adds up. Sipping my. I tea. love how you're creating this like Steph Diggs con man world. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah this giant network that stefan Diggs is part of that we never knew about i thought you were gonna go with like oh something like a john wick thing he rooms up at the continental and becomes john wick just never know and that's why he's like hey you never know you know that apartment is in you know, like he's in the shadows he's a master of disguise he's just like a assassin like <laughs> great it is it's like a cia like like his steph Diggs is his secret identity is his normal identity really he's like a CIA, yeah. you know, he really what is like an operative. Man's real name. In some, in some thing, yeah. Like, like that guy. What was the host of the host of the match game who was really like in the CIA? Do you know what I'm talking about? That host? Oh, Never God. mind. Um, I know what, what was his name. I know what you're talking about. Wasn't it like the guy from? No, it wasn't match game. It was like um. It was a newlywed game. Was it? I know what you're talking about. No, it was the one where you pick the three doors. Let me oh, Barris. Uh, ch- uh, yeah, Chuck Barris. Chuck dating Barris. game newlywed game. yeah yeah right. chuck barris oh okay okay yes i, I remember that that's kind of cool. <laughs> uh tony my third and final one and maybe this is your third and final one because i think it kind of is shared by us so why seven days get so mad and that's he got an email during the game that declined his request for another appearance on family feud <laughs> of course all this man's goal his singular goal in life is to be on family feed as many times as possible Loves the spotlight, loves the odds on him, loves giving viral answers. That's his main goal. He doesn't care about football. He doesn't care about whatever he's doing. He cares about getting on family with you. So I think he got, he put in his application, got an email during the game. Ooh. They declined his application to be on family with you. It's the only, it's the only Tough time to get an email. Tough time to get an email because they know he's working. Yeah, they know he's working. So they drop that. You ever do, I mean, I do that move. They didn't understand the time difference. Oh, I was gonna say, like, you know that move. You've probably done it before too. Like you send the email when you know they're not paying attention. So then you can like avoid the situation. Right. That's how you do it. It's like it's like the old right. Friday. That's why five. in sports like ad news gets dropped on a Friday. Because then they forget yes. about it in the weekend. And yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. We're we're gonna cut this guy Friday at five. Yeah. So mm-hmm. everyone forgets about it going into the weekend. Yep. That right. Is, and it's just like it's weekend. Reason. We don't worry about this. Uh, Tony, do you have any other uh, before we get into our well my next well yeah i mean my next one is obvious he gets the email to be rejected on family feud 
Why is he rejected on Family Feud? Because who he thought he was allies with, Neff, is actually allies with Steve Harvey. <laughs> Steve Harvey stabs him in the back to run off with Neff, funded and fueled by Andre Reed's ring, and Steph is left in the lurch. Clear as day. Oh my gosh. Should, should we go on eBay now? See if we can bid on Andre Reed's ring. <laughs> it's going to be evidence. Scotland Yard is on the case. Look, no, I, I know exactly where to look first. A known con artist. Oh, because they know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. If I've seen, I, I seen any Shaun of the Dead esque movies, Scotland Yard are a bunch of bozos. Really isolating a whole nation over here based on. I said, I'm mad at all, all of Britain. This is the. This is the podcast vlog version of the Revolutionary War. I'm going off on Britain today. They they give nothing good to this geopolitical landscape we're in. Britain, global war, take over. Do your thing. Sink that. Take them down. Country. The sun never sets. For, the sun never sets on Her Majesty's up. Empire. Tonight it sets. On this History reference. Only the deep oh. ones. Only the real ones will uh, get it. Yep. That's right. That's right. Uh, viewers, please subscribe. Comment. Make sure you do all that. Uh, we put a lot of work into these ridiculous segments and being as creative as possible. Show us some love with hitting that like button there. Uh, Tony, someone who is probably not involved with Neff, probably not a con man. He is the straightest shooter a World War II veteran could ever be. A British ally. That is a British ally. That's Mr. Marv Levy. Tony, ready for Marv to, Marv to serenade us with his vocals as we talk about some Jags, Bills? I need to hear him. Here we go. We'll be back after the break. Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. We are back. Tony, do I sound better now? Not really. This is why we need the Super Chats. This is why we need you to buy t-shirts so we can get better equipment, people. Come on. (laughs) That's a good point. Uh, You sound like like that scene in Wayne's World where where they're going through the drive-thru. Let's get into our Jags talk. Same way we start off our game review every week. So bad it's good review. Tony, are you ready to take some? Notes? My legal pad is ready. Camera is so bad. It's good. Here we go. Ready? Week six. Fancy a cup of rubbish, you bloats? The Bills headed across the pond to play the Jaguars in front of a bunch of hooligans. The offense was up Shit's Creek without a paddle, as say it ain't so, the sputtering offense might as well been led by Rivers Cuomo having Bills Mafia wheezing. Trevor Martin Lawrence was telling the Trevor Etienne run till that end zone as he left the Bills defense in a blue streak, wishing they could go back to their big mama's house in western New York, making them look anything but like the bad boys they are. Doug Peterson skeetered around that clots Ken Dorsey's patty mayonnaise of a game plan. Boy, was that funny. Hey, where's Dan Arnold? That Oliver Twist was a Dickens in the Jags' backfield all day and was asking Sean McDermott, Please, Sean, can I have some more tackles for a loss? And despite it being harder to breathe, through all the marooning, the Bills still only lost by five. Calvin Ridley had money on this game, but it's the Bills who suffer the bad beat. Bills 20, Jags 25. Tony, that's the so Who's Dan Arnold? Dan Arnold. Hey, Dan Arnold. He was uh, a tight end for the Jaguars last oh. year. He's not on the Jaguars this year. So that's why I said, oh, hey, yeah. where's Dan Arnold? Oh, okay. I thought Dan Arnold was like a Nickelodeon character that I didn't remember. Hey, Arnold, this is, you know. Yeah, hey, Arnold. I was like, does he think hey, Arnold is Arnold's last name? And his name is Dan Arnold? That's kind of where I went in my mind. No, I'm, like, a, I'm a fan of the show Arnold. enough to know. Arnold is his first 
Yes, I would. I would hope so. And it's very apropos because he has a football shaped head. That's right. He does have a football shape. Any other notes about the so bad it's good review, or should we just get into this game? And I'm ready to get into this game. If you could hear what I'm hearing, it sounds like you wallpapered your throat with sandpaper. (laughs) Okay, we're just gonna go with this then. We'll ride with this. This is the best you've ever sounded. Wow! (laughs) Finally, this is what your voice sounds like. I'm sitting here in shock. I'm sitting here in shock that I'm hearing your real voice for the first time. This is like people who. This is like uh, when. People put colorblind people put on those glasses and they see colors for the first time. That's what I'm experiencing, but auditorily. Oh, good. I'm I'm glad it sounds better here, marginally yep. better here. So uh, so now we so now we know if for future weeks what we have to do is we have to start do a random experiment of unplugging and plugging in. Yes. Unplug in the other mics, go with that for a little bit, then bounce back to this mic, and then we know like that's the secret. When we go back to this mic. That is the okay. secret. That's the secret of the use Ninja Turtles too. Pizza <laughs> Tony, power. Uh, pizza power. This to me was uh, the dumbest game I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the whole week was dumb. Dumb travel mm-hmm. schedule, dumb plane surface, which I don't think was a thing because all the bills got hurt and none of the Jaguars got hurt on that same plane service. So I don't really put too much credit into the the, the turf monster, whatever you want to call it. Uh, dumb game plan, just. Dumb refereeing. There were so many flags. This game was unwatchable. Dumb all around. The NFL using the Bills as an experiment and keeping the Jags there for two weeks. It was just the dumbest of dumb. Like, that's all I can say. Like, it was just dumb. That's all I was thinking. Like, this is a dumb game. I'm not even watching football. I'm just watching buffoonery out on the field for three hours Sunday. And to do it right when I wake up is the worst kind of way to watch buffoonery. Because then I have to live with that crap all day. So, Tony, what are your thoughts uh, overall just about this game? Uh, it was dumb. I would say, like you said, the way to start the day. I mean, I'm a teacher, so I usually start my day terribly. And then I would well, say that, the, yes, exactly. And then I would say that to wake up to see the display that I saw in London, um, I, I think that I did see a mildly unmotivated team. That was phoning it in. Maybe a tired jet lag team. I buy in that that could be a piece to the equation, a piece to the recipe here. Uh, I do think, I do buy into the turf narrative. Um, I respect your point about it being, about how the Jags didn't get hurt, but the Jags didn't get tackled either. So (laughs) yeah, that's a good point. So (laughs) that wouldn't affect it. I know when I saw like in some pregame thing, when I saw something about like how, uh, Spurs stadium is like put together and like the retracting floor with the turf on it. And I saw like those, yep. those metal, those metal beams underneath. I'm like, well, this is no good. This is no <laughs> one should be playing football on this. They should only be no. playing football. They, this, they should only be playing football on this, not football. So this is, so I was like immediately, I'm like, that's going to be, that's going to be rough. And it's it was, but if I'm playing devil's advocate against myself, I mean, the biggest injuries, like, Milano got like twisted up like that was his injury. It wasn't like he took a hard fall. It was all fluky. Yeah, it was all it was fluky. like Daquan right, Jones exactly. pairs his peck making a stop in the backfield. Like it was right, fluky right, stuff. right. Exactly. Um, like he got chop locked or any like Milano didn't get like rolled up on. It was just fluky. Like mm-hmm. it was unnecessary, too, because it was like the play was already done for the most part. And he just kind of like came in at the end for no reason. It was just a dumb game. And- <laughs> that's well, all, that's all you I could, could you could argue that you could argue that if Dalton Kincaid 
took that hit on the bill surface, his head would have been fine. His brain would not oh, have nice. moved enough to hit the skull. That's right. Nice soft so, I mean, of, of American turf. <laughs> yeah, which is also bad. Minus quality. But yeah, <laughs> but maybe, but maybe better than what we we saw in London. So uh, I would say that. So maybe there's something to that, you know, or just overall daunting on the body. Where is a body down, and then all of a sudden you you're you're taking some injuries um, after the intense game. So yeah, uh, what I also didn't like that had me maybe, I guess, concerned or, or just a testament to the, to the dumbness of the game is how so many players proved themselves to be worrisome. You know, I mean, obviously Kyrie Elam, like we're looking for him to screw up because we don't trust that situation at all. But then similarly with... As we do with most first round picks. Right, exactly. So similarly, I'm like, oh boy, like here, here's Dorian Williams. Like, I don't know what we got out of him because now all of a sudden, or... And similarly, Bernard, like, what do you got these linebackers? Because all of a sudden, um, what uh, Gerald Dodson's going in. All of a sudden, we're signing AJ Klein. Jamarcus Ingram's going in. So like, this is Jamarcus. Well, that's trust. part of it. That's part of the Elam piece. But yeah, I mean, I, mean, I trust a UB. I, I trust a UB student next. You know, more than anyone. So I, I have faith in Jamarcus. I'm trust. Speaking of I have faith in people, Jamar- I have faith in Jamarcus Ingram. I think Jamarcus Ingram is kind of decent. I think he's okay. He's decent. Yeah, Did you ever he think shouldn't be playing over a first round pick decent, but he's decent. Well, no, but that's not an indictment of him. That's or or praise. No, of that's him. an that's, indictment of Kyrie. That's purely an indictment of Elon. Uh, did you ever think that we'd be living in a world where I said to you, the Bills are like one of the top teams in the league, and also they have two UB players on the team? That doesn't <laughs> make sense. Like that's a that's no. a reality that does not make sense based no. on. Based on how we grew up, of the Bills right. weren't could it couldn't UB be not good, and also protocol. UB couldn't be good. Right, yeah, that's wild. They, there's what no way they could have two. What a world! What a world we live in. Uh, Tony, because this was a dumb game, I thought we'd play uh, maybe London's favorite new game, America's new favorite game. Uh, blame it on Britain? Question mark. Tony, I'm going to give you a couple of plays that stood out to me throughout the game, uh, and you tell me. Should we blame it on Britain or should we blame it on other factors? Dorsey, whatever. Something not British related. Uh, The first play I'll go to, I'll go right towards the end of the game. Micah Hyde guarding one-on-one Kelvin Ridley. Down line, like not even as the center field safety. He is man-to-man on the line against Kelvin Ridley, who is one of the faster, quicker receivers in the league on turf. And Micah Hyde... I love Micah. We all love Micah, but he's slower these days. Uh, was that, should we blame that on Britain or should we blame that on defense, turf, whatever? What do you think? Uh, <clears throat> we should blame that on the United States, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Or maybe Goodell. Maybe we should blame that on either the United States or Goodell because Calvin Ridley, does he even belong in the league? His, is his presence there even kosher enough? I have written this man off morally and ethically. So get him off the field. He shouldn't even. She shouldn't even have. Uh, he shouldn't even have been there. Maybe he was betting on some offshore books. That's what I'm saying. So maybe we should blame it on Britain. Maybe we yep. should blame it on Britain that he's even in there. Um, the travel schedule. A lot of talk about the travel schedule. How the Bills took off Thursday night, essentially landed in London Friday morning. Uh, they defended it till they were blue in the face with. This is what our sports science department said. I don't know. 
I didn't even know we had a sports science department. Uh, is John Brinkus back there? I don't know. I hope so. I hope I hope so. He's he's the sports science guy. Yeah. Why wouldn't you get him if if you have a department full of them? Um, but it must have not John been because the sports is, science guy. <laughs> Brinkus is very smart, and uh, it was a very dumb decision to fly out on Thursday. Uh, so should we blame that on the sports science department, or should we blame that on Britain? Blame it on Britain. Be closer to the Western Hemisphere, losers. Nice land mass. Yeah, that, that oh, ocean. Cool. That's your all fault, the natural Britain. resources. All the natural resources are under you. Yeah, great spot. Have the more natural land. resources are killing are the natural resources are killing the planet. Blame it on Britain, your geographic mess. It, let, let's be honest. The Bills were obviously distracted by a lot of things. Josh is yeah. all doped up on caffeine and coffee, and Dawson Knox is out there like sightseeing 12 hours before the game. Like they're out there. I think they were distracted because there's new royalty in Buckingham Palace. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the big the Bills were big queen people. Now they have a king, and this doesn't sit well with the Bills. That's all I'm saying. I'm blaming that one on Brit. So uh, Bills are big I, queen I supporters. That. Yep. Now that it's a, now that it's His Majesty's kingdom, it's a little sour. No, not cool. Not cool no. at all. <laughs> I get that. Um, another play that stood out, uh, and this was a game that was just begging someone to make a play and a couple plays in Josh Allen's arsenal weapons needed to be made. One being a long bomb to Stefan Diggs that Stefan Diggs goes up one-on-one against the defender usually comes down with it. We've seen throughout the year, Stefan Diggs out jumping out muscling, just coming down with that ball. This time he didn't. And that was a play we needed. It was a play that would have been huge. So are you blaming that on Diggs or Allen? Or are you blaming that on Britain? Well, I'm blaming it on Britain because he was obviously distracted by the net situation. <laughs> right. Of Who's course. The concierge. In, it's, yeah. it's, it's not just Britain, but it's travel overall. And I'm saying Should that because I, on I, I have no idea where she is, where this woman is a concierge or ever was. She probably isn't anymore. Yeah, blame it on Andre Reid. It's all Andre Reid's sure. fault. Sure. What is that over the middle rub? What does it even do? What does it put on? No one knows. I think it's Andre not quite Reed. right for fish. It's not quite right for chicken. <laughs> that's that's in the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good luck finding it's not a meat. Quite right for, <laughs> it's not quite yeah. right for any meat, but it's yeah, all it's purpose. Not quite right for any meat. It's not we would love to say it's kind of go that, that kind of goes though. It's not. Yeah, I know. Like if you if you go over the middle, you're not quite right for the left side of the field. You're not quite right for yeah. the right side of the field. Who knows what meat that all-purpose rub's going on? Um, right. Blame that on Britain. Finally, uh, second down, Gabe Davis drops. Easy first down catch along the sidelines. No, every time you say Neff, I think you're mispronouncing the word nerf. So it gets me oh, confused. Okay. Uh-huh. But um, <laughs> nerfing the chances of the Bills to continue the drive. And that's something he usually does. That's a play he usually makes, that toe-tapping sideline catch. Do you blame Britain or do you blame Gabe Davis? Well, in this case, it seems easy to blame Gabe Davis, but I can take it. I can, there's a layer to this because, as you know, Davis means descendant of Dryfed or alt son of David. Region of origin, Wales. There it's it is. Welsh. There part it of is. The U- He's part a plant. of the UK, but not really. I mean, not, a, you know, I mean, a kind of an interesting relationship in history here. Over there with the with the monarchy, new monarch in mm-hmm. Davis is in. I I mean Davis did it, but is it his fault or is this 
a blame it on Britain situation. I would say right. we're going to blame it on Britain. We're going to blame it on Britain. We're going to blame a lot on Britain. Uh, Chris says the Sabres are down uh, 3 nothing tonight. So great start. I, it's all just I bad. It's all bad people. <laughs> yep. I love that Chris is giving us all sadness. Chris is, Chris is the MVP. Chris is Thank the MVP you, of this. Give me, yeah, um, I, we don't have the opportunity Chris, tell, to watch. Uh, everyone this. who's watching the Sabres game that they stink and they should come watch ours. It's much more entertaining and much more ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Tony, let's start with the offense. Um, and I'm just going to get right into it. Like, we surmised, kind of had the feeling that Ken Dorsey was getting it last week against the Dolphins. Ken Dorsey's not getting it. <laughs> like, uh, one of the most blandest, unexciting offenses I've seen the Bills, uh, performances I've seen the Bills have under the Allen era. And I'm, I'm just sick of it. Like, I might go off on a rant, and a lot of it is going to be unintellectual and uh, a lot of, like, just nonsense probably and i'm gonna go off on different tangents but i'm done with dorsey like i can't keep having one game plan that is good supplemented with six seven weeks of the offense looking like they're uncomfortable or they're it's not fluid or seamless like after the this this was the punch in the gut sunday for me the bills played the first game on sunday so i had the rest of the day to watch other teams and i watched the dolphins game and I watched the Eagles, or I'm sorry, the 49ers game. Those offenses run laps around the Bills. Laps. It is laughable how behind the Bills offense feels when you watch the Dolphins, when you watch the Niners. And the talent isn't discernibly different. We have a generational quarterback. We have a top receiver in the league. We have an up-and-coming running back who is very fast. I'm just not doing it anymore. And we could go, we could win the rest of our games this season. And I don't care. I don't care until I see some pre-snap motion or some creativity or Davis and Diggs not lining up on the numbers and not going anywhere and doing anything. If you look at like the route tree comparison of Diggs versus I'm just going to say Tyreek Hill, even though they're two different players. I know that. I always say, like, I love the route tree chart that looks like my four-year-old drew it. It's just scribbles all over. And that's exactly what Tyreek Hills looks like. Stefan Diggs is literally all his routes, and this was Sunday, and it's it's like this week after week, pretty much, if you look at the charts. Uh, Stefan Diggs in one area in a, like, 20-yard radius. Like, all his routes and catches in those routes are that. Like... There's no creativity. There's nothing that helps this offense succeed that Dorsey gives them. The question now is like, oh, the stats, the stats look good as, as good as Dables and all that. Like the stats are always the fallback for any Dorsey defenders, if you will. But when you look at it, it's like the question is, is Dorsey helping make these guys look good or are these guys because they're super talented making Dorsey good? And the week after week, I'm thinking it's the latter. Like, these guys are super talented, and if you have a bad game plan, even if they execute it badly, which they did Sunday, they're still in this game. They're still in a game because they're super effing talented, one of the most talented teams we put, put out. Your offensive coordinator is doing nothing to help these guys. He's doing nothing to create mismatches. He's doing nothing to get these guys separation. Like, it's just all nonsense. Like, Dalton Kincaid, we give him all these pieces. We give Ken Dorsey all these pieces, whether it was 
in an alternate universe, J.D. McKissick or Naheem Hines being traded for last year or James Cook. And I attribute the run game, which has been pretty good this season, and that's been a big difference. I attribute that more to Cromer than anything Dorsey's drawing up. Uh, after I saw a draw on second down in a hurry-up offense, like, what are you doing? You run a draw play when you're down two scores with under four minutes left in a hurry-up off? Like, what garbage is that? I feel like Dorsey sits up, and I told you, I'm just going to go off on different tangents here. Like, I'm in a Tyreek Hill route tree chart. Uh, I feel like Dorsey sits up there, and he's like, Oh, they're never going to expect this. But guess what? It never works because because you haven't run the ball successfully all game. Your leading rusher up until that point of that run draw play had 13 yards rushing, and it wasn't James Cook. You haven't run the ball all day successfully. You're not tricking anyone. It's just not in the cards. Punt on it. Run play action. Josh Allen is five for five on play action. So what? You don't have a run game. That's the trick you need. Like, Pretend like you do, and then when they least expect it, like hand the ball off under center. Don't have Josh and shotgun 80% of the time and do delayed handoffs. And like he's just doing nothing to help this offense. And I'm just getting sick of it. And I'm I'm done with him. Give me, give me any creative mind. And maybe you pull up the LSU Joe Burrow championship run when Joe Brady was passing game coordinator for LSU and see what that offense looked like. Because I remember that offense being pretty darn good. And pretty creative. And if a guy is in your organization who can give some creativity, give some credence to a new age of the NFL and not be stuck in this guy lines up here and this guy lines up here. And I don't know how to use any of these guys in a proper way or help them in any way. That guy's got to go. I'm sorry. Like, again, Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel, their offenses are running laps around you guys. End of rant for now. With Brock Purdy and Tua, respectively. And right. even and even aside from that, I mean, you gave love for the rushing game. I to me, I, I have like I th- I have minimal love for the run game because obviously I think it looks better than it has in the past in the past couple of years. But in yards per game, we're 16th. And to right. me, when you have like the kind of superpower offense that we're supposed to have, it's supposed to be better than 16th. Like you sh- like. Oh, like you, it should be like, yeah. I think top should be like in the top half of the league without even trying just naturally because teams are playing the pass, you know? Um, and so I'm not impressed. I'm not there yet with the run game. Um, who has the number one run game in the league? Who, who leads the league in yards per game? Niners. The, the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. But who leads the league in passing yards per game? The Miami Dolphins. So you're a hundred percent four and one. The Miami Dolphins. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And who's four and one? Right. So you have this. Um, you have this situation that I think that a lot has been made about. Like, may, I guess maybe that there's more to Doris's offense than than meets the eye, or that he use it that he's using a lot of the talented players to set up other talented players. Like, for example, I. Something some was made this week about uh, the way that he uses Dalton Kincaid to right. t- to take the the burdens off of uh, Diggs, and so really Dalton Kincaid is being used to set up Diggs, and Diggs is having, as you might expect, a, a good season, and, and things are going well there um, statistically at least. And uh, my response to that is that I, I'm not impressed. Who cares? 
Like if this is if it's all being he's gonna get his no matter what. He's really right. Good. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like if it's all gonna be set up to um put certain players in certain situations, then I and and then and this this is what we're getting, then this isn't enough. Like this is not a, like this is not enough. Like if it's all set up for to set digs up for success or to set certain players up for success, and this is what we're getting, like I'm not impressed. We need to we need to re we need to shut down and retool scandals and animals. We need I need we gotta rethink this so that enough people are getting it that we are that we are becoming like the superpower offense we're supposed to be. And because I do kind of echo what you're saying in that we're getting by on talent, not because of Dorsey, but a lot of this is in spite of Dorsey. Um and and luckily there's at least some semblance of a balance uh that is able to set up the play action and that maybe is like the silver maybe i guess silver lining or, or maybe that's just like something that i just don't know Dorsey they don't, has like, found out we're good at and is overusing it i think he like stumbled into finding we're good at that like yeah historically josh has been excellent in play action right right historically i have yelled more play action about 80 times a game on average mm-hmm. every single week because josh is so good at it and because they're so successful at it five for five this game on play action despite not having a run game it just gets guys in rhythm it gets the offensive line in a rhythm it gives them a different look it gets josh in a rhythm and the run game in a rhythm like the receivers in a rhythm where they're not waiting to see if josh decides to run or pass out of the rpo op like there's nothing more I hate than that delayed stalled handoff out of shock. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not only not only now are you starting the line to scrimmage five yards back, you're giving it to your running back who is at a standstill five yards back. <laughs> like now instead of first and ten, it's first and essentially fifteen. Mm-hmm. It's just a dumb way to play football. Like I, I go I back. I would say like, that's sorry, 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 viewers, you're not getting Susan O's and the, like the the NFL jargon, like you're just getting the word dumb a lot of times because that's it's what vibes. our show We're show about vibes. We're, we're show, show about vibes. vibes. Everyone knows it. Everyone big knows vibe it. show. Yeah. So the, do you do you think, to me, this is my diagnosis on Dorsey. He refuses to learn from his mistakes. Yes. He, will, he will try something and try it and try it and try it and try it until it, until like ad nauseum. And at what point do you learn like this isn't something we're good at? This isn't working. Right. Maybe shift the focus a little bit here. Maybe he's kind of getting on, there because like, in game adjustments. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it would be nice. Yeah, I'm talking about things like holistic. There's a tumbleweed that picture. is going across my room because Dorsey never does in game adjustment. They should have came out at halftime knowing how lethargic and unenergetic that team was the whole first half, especially the offense the whole first half, knowing their defense was down some important pieces in up tempo. They should have been mm. dictating the tempo of that second half the whole time for the next 30 minutes, not in real time, in game time. Up-tempo the game whole time. second half. Get these guys in a rhythm, dictate the pace of play. Like, And they just didn't. They just stalled, and they didn't execute, and it's just, I'm done with it. Like, I again, I don't care. Until I see some creativity, until I see something that is helping these guys succeed, whether it's route running or different looks like I mentioned last week in the Dolphins game there was a play where Trent Sherfield lined up in the backfield and rolled out into the flat or sat in the flat as two guys pulled defenders up the field like it was a as money of a money play as a two-yard play could be it was just 
destined to succeed because it was like a what do they call those things where like you know one thing triggers this action and then that thing triggers that action you see it in like domino builds all the time and yes i have been uh, watching domino masters on hulu oh is that good i've never heard of that it's not bad um but it's like this one thing caused this thing to happen and like a chain reaction cause and effect so yeah chain reaction kind of cause and effect kind of whatever um like more of that i don't care if your team's lethargic i don't care if your team is unenergetic and jet lagged and whatever like you need to come up with a game plan that gets them out of this funk and he just can't he just says like oh we're super talented we'll get ourselves out of this and i want to pull up a comment here from will Josh is wishy-washy. I don't know what you mean by wishy-washy, but I will say I am getting a little tired and a little sick, quite frankly, of like stoic Josh. Every time a camera pans to him on the sideline, he's just kind of sitting there like 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 a bug on a log, like not no reactions, like get mad. Like we mentioned the Stefan Diggs throwing his tablet or slamming his tablet at the top of the show. I want to see that from Josh. Like, get in your offensive lineman's ear. Like, block for James Cook. Open some holes. Let's go. We can win this game. <laughs> like, get fired up. I want to see the Josh from the Kansas City playoff game a couple years ago when he's like yelling, let's go at everyone. And he looks like a madman. Like, I know it's five weeks into the season, but you are losing games that are going to come back to haunt you. Games that are very winnable. The Jets and the Jaguars at this point. Two games that were very winnable. If your team just showed any kind of energy or your offensive coordinator helped you in any kind of way by making an in-game adjustment. Like, I'm just sick of it. I'm I'm done. I'm done with like this blandness. Like, we're too talented to just go through the motions. I feel like an Art Bryles Baylor offense, just like, oh, you're not getting the ball this time. Uh digs, like, don't run your route. Like, that's what it feels like. I'm just, I don't know. I'm I'm just sick of it. Do you think that there's a mental uh, do you think there's a mental state that the bills are in that because of the routine of the past several seasons that it's so just like nothing really matters until December and then nothing really matters until the playoffs because we're shoe ins for the playoffs. We know we're super good that they phone it in during the early part of the season because they just think it's like, well, we're just going to cruise awesome. in the playoffs and that's when it really matters. Yeah, possibly. And for some reason, whenever we play the Jaguars or the jets, they like, they lose themselves, not in yeah. the music like Eminem, green but teams. lose themselves and like we're good. Um, I just I don't yeah, green teams that that maybe that's it. Maybe it's like that thing that when a person sees a color, they just get like triggered. <laughs> like I'm not a like doctor, I don't know what it's called, but yeah, ex yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like in replacement. Um, also like in the in the wittiest way possible, um, it's and it kind of correlates to the bad play recently and the bad vibes I'm getting from the team. Why did they start wearing these like t-shirts that identify themselves? Like Josh is wearing like during press conference, like this t-shirt that has like a, a obnoxiously large, like 17 on it and has Alan. It almost looks like people are creating like defakes on, online. I don't like even know. London, I'm not like, sure. Line. I know what you're talking about. Look up Josh's latest press conference. They wore him in London too. And I thought it was just a London thing because like maybe London fans don't know the players. So they're wearing these like jerseys that okay. look like they came out of the fanatics closet that no one goes oh, into. Oh yeah. Okay. So I see this one. Poorly it's like made. Red. Like, yeah, it's just yeah, like red. Yeah. Like this week's red. Yeah. But it's like obnoxiously big. It's not like normal size lettering or numbering. Yeah. I don't get any of that. 
like ever since they started wearing those, it's been bad, bad vibe city. Hmm. That's a good point. I mean, I do agree. We we have to. Uh, yeah, I've never seen those before. If that's like a I new, if that's a new addition, if that's a new addition to things, and this is how it's going, we got to ditch these shirts. I, I'm hoping to see them at the Bills Garage Sale, where you will buy all of them. Yeah, we're all yes, absolutely. I will. Uh, you know, I kind of wish also like press conferences are getting not that much fun either. Well, no, they never do like, when they're losing. Yeah, but like for a team like this, where like there's a lot of fun guys, like you want them to pull like some fits, that's some fits saying. games. Vibes are bad. These press conferences. Yeah, vibes are bad. Yeah, that's you what I do. We're not. We're not and... our best selves. We're not our best selves. Which is weird because people come to Buffalo to be them best selves. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we're our best selves. I mean, we're not our best selves on the field because of this or that hindering us. But yeah, I think I think you're right. I think maybe the team. I mean. We are one of the older teams in the league. Maybe we're just getting more mature. That's true. I think we were one of the younger teams. No, that's not what I heard. That's not what I heard. Did you hear from Agnes at the retirement home that we're one of the older teams? She's a little confused because she's old. This is like I thought we were honestly one of the younger team. This Viewers, is if you the, know, please comment. Are we young or this old? This is this is like the this is like the third conversation I've had today about Agnes, about the name Agnes, about or about a person named Agnes. Really? Yeah. And today's the first conversation I had about a person with the name Neff. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's like an real online name. persona. Yeah, yeah, that's their real name. Uh, any other notes about the offense other than uh, I'm done with Dorsey? I don't know. I, I know you're a little more like if we're winning, it's fine kind of mentality. Uh, but any other thoughts as we wrap up our talk about the offense? Josh was really good. Thank God. <laughs> he usually is. Josh, he usually is. It's, it's not usually an issue. Matt, uh, we are the. What, any other thoughts? Matt, we are the seventh yeah. oldest team in the league. Oh, okay. At, a, at an average age of 26.3. The Saints are gotcha. the oldest team in the league at 27.4. We are. That's really good. We show are seventh oldest or 25th youngest. We need to show our. Yeah, or, or that. Glass half full. Uh, there was also a stat that the made Texans me mad. are the third oldest. The Texans, really? That makes sense. Yeah, that's that's what that's what I said. I'm like, like the Texans veterans. don't feel old to me. I'm very surprised. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, Jerry Hughes. Uh, the other stat that drove me nuts is something we gripe on weekly: the runs on second and long. And there was a chart I saw that when there was a completion on first down, how often teams run on second and ten. The Bills were right in the middle of the pack, like oh. 16 out of 32, which is 16 more places than I had it be. Like the Jaguars were first essentially they have run zero times on second and 10 after first down incompletion we need to be and more what like did the, we see i can't believe i'm saying yes. this i can't believe I'm yes saying this. we need to be more like the jaguars yes we do yes we do oh just brutal the just ja- brutal and, and we more. saw and we saw in london exactly why we do we should do that and it's not like and i mean we have the types of wide receivers to run you know, to run yeah. those kinds of out second down plays that that I saw a million times there that really burned us and burned right. me emotionally. Especially if you're running on second down, then you're getting into mm-hmm. a third down and long situation. I know what they're trying to do is they're trying to get the typical five yards that James Cook typically gets. And then a right. third they and five break it up. much different than a third and nine. Like you can open the playbook mm-hmm. a little more. And like I get it, but it's done. It's not it's not this NFL. There's a clip, and I'm going to go to football as opposed to football because we were in London, and that's where they call it, uh, from a movie called Goal 
starring, uh, I don't know the actor's name, but the character's name is Santiago Munoz. Anyway, there's a clip when he joins a English premier team playing like street ball in California. He gets recruited. There's a clip of his coach or manager, whoever, from a premier league team because Santiago Munoz is a ball hog. Like he thinks he has all the skills in the world, which he does. He's super talented. And he just hogs the ball and thinks he can dribble around everyone. And the manager grabs the ball and says, come here. And he punts it. And he says, when I punt it, you run, you run. And he punts it and it goes into the goal as Santiago Munoz runs to it. And he comes, says, come back. The guy punts it again into the goal from like half field as Santiago Munoz runs. He's like, here we pass the ball because passing <laughs> is much more effective than just being a ball hog having individuals shine here. We pass the ball. Ken Dorsey needs to watch that clip every night before he goes to bed. Cause I want the bills to be an organization where they pass the ball exclusively, especially on second. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great movie, by the way, if you are a soccer fan or football fan and want to check it out, English football, not American football. Um, Tony, should we move on to the defense? Yes, I would love to. The big stories coming out of Sunday, the injuries. We talked about it a little earlier. And these aren't just injuries to depth pieces. These are huge injuries. Daquan Jones having a career season, one of the top-rated interior defense alignment in the league, according to PFF, how much ever uh, credit you want to give to PFF or however much respect you give to PFF grades. Daquan Jones was playing really good, also passing the high test. Matt Milano, we know, is an all-pro linebacker who is the key piece of this defense. He is literally the cog that makes the machine run in this defense. And that is coming after a week we lose Trey White. Three just core pieces of this defense go down in a span of two weeks. Uh, gut punched, saddened, it's all over kind of mentality. There's no way we can overcome this. Like, what are you feeling moving forward knowing these guys are out for the year? Well, Matt, it's like you, the, the emotional disappointment, uh, not of their loss. I guess it's of their loss, but. To me, it's the emotional disappointment of that I'm thinking existentially, as I often do, about the magic of a fairy tale season that will culminate in the Bills' first Super Bowl that we all celebrate at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to me, I think of it as like you want or I want it to be, you know, I want it to include all of us. I want this era of the Bills, this generation of the Bills, uh, with these core pieces to all be a part of our this magical journey together that will lead to bringing a championship to Buffalo. So it's like, to me, I feel as like, well, Trey's going to be out. And it's like, and Milano and Jones, it's like, well, I guess this year is not the year that this all falls together for us, where we all ride together into, Always next. Yeah, into the sunset because of this. So am I giving up on that notion? No. I mean, I still think we're going to win a bunch of games, but I just think it's not it's as magical as, yeah, it's going to be harder. I just think it's going to be not as magical as I hoped it would be. So like, you know, it sucks that Trey, at least Trey, isn't going to be a part of our journey to the 2023-2024 Super Bowl championship. Uh, but it's pretty cool that Trey is going to be part of the 2024-2025 Super Bowl championship. So we got that going for us um we we do have that maybe yeah and we just and so i'm that's why i'm really hopeful that that uh milano and jones can be kind of like what hyde was gonna be of well maybe later on we we've given up on that but maybe later on they'll 
they'll end up coming back and they really will be a part of this with us. And then if they are a part of that with us, then it's like, then that's enough. Enough people are here. We can do it. Always the optimist. Always the optimist. Viewers, if you're an optimist like Tony, make sure you comment, like, subscribe. Uh, tell us why you're still hopeful or do you think the season's said and done after losing all these pieces? Uh, it, it was a it was a gut punch. And it, I think it was a gut punch in the highest degree because it happened in like a five minute span of each yeah. other. Like it's like, oh, Taquan Jones is hurt. No, like, all right, well, we got great interior depth. Like, I know we're playing really good. And like, you know, yeah, Von Miller back. And and then five minutes later, oh, man, Milano goes down. Well, now who that's like, like the worst. That's Dorian. the worst case scenario. Yeah. yeah. Like Terrell Dodson. We know who Terrell Dodson is. Like, he's fine. I thought he was actually pretty good when he came in. Um, but we know his faults. And then Doran Williams, I thought, flashed a little, but he's an unknown commodity. And I, I just have to say it, Tony. Dorian, Judge Dreads. That's our nickname for him, for viewers who are new to the show. Uh, Judge Dreads, put some gloves on. <laughs> like, if we learned anything from Little Giants, it's like you need the sticky to help you catch the ball. Dorian, you need the gloves and the stickiness of the gloves to help you tackle. He missed a ton of tackles. And all I was thinking mm -hmm. is like, just put on some gloves. Why are you, why are you Nick O'Leary out here? Bare hands. <laughs> Nick O'Leary wasn't long for this league because he didn't wear gloves. I don't want to see the right. same fate bestowed upon you Dorian because I actually do like your talent I kind of like the fact that he's just like Charlie Kelly out there he's a wild card he's just kind of running around like a chicken with his head cut off like not mm -hmm. not knowing the ski is like oh wait I gotta go cover this zone I gotta react or it's just he's just flying around with, with no care in the world I kind of like it I kind of like the the wildness of it so um but they're no Matt Milano that's <laughs> no for sure. uh but no. that is my that's my main point I like Dorian Williams He's going to get some good reps now, and I'm intrigued to see what he brings to the field. Just put on some gloves so he can make a tackle, please. It's not hard. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see how he develops. Uh, this is a classic situation of like his development journey is now a lot different, and I think that Dorian Williams can be good. Why do I think this? Because I think that it's one of the best nicknames we've ever given anybody. Therefore, he has to be good. He's bound to be good. Uh, are you, do you think Dorian Williams and in, in the, in the universe of our show is Dorian Williams, the defensive Khalil Shakir? Oh, easily in the Whitney yeah, I think so too. universe. Yeah. Like yes. the he will judge dreads they're They're on par with each other in terms of. Nick. Yeah, I think so. Judge too. Dreads is so. Like, like we had, he will going for so long. We still do obviously. And that's a great nickname because the name play alone was Shakir and Shakira. Like Judge Dreads is like so organic. Like we just came out of that. Like yeah, there's nothing that relates Sylvester Stallone to Dorian Williams. <laughs> like like it just it just fell into place, and that's why why I kind of like it a little more. Mm -hmm. He is the law. <laughs> he is the law. He is, he is the jury. The he is the executioner. He's Judge Dreads. Uh, he needs to live up to it. That's that's. I I hope he does. I know. I hope he does live up to it. And he's gonna get. And he's gonna have the opportunity to learn what it's like in this league and maybe become good, maybe become at least good enough. Uh, so then it would be great to have or to build some linebacker depth that I feel like we don't really have right now. Yeah. I mean, they're going to call up AJ Klein. It looks like who is the insurance of insurance policies. I think mm -hmm. uh, maybe they can call Kirksey and get him back in the fold here. Interesting. Interesting Kirk idea. Kirksey. I didn't think about that. He was some Christian Kirksey. About Kirksey. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't it be a, a fun twist in in the 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 annals of Bill's lore, the history books of the Bill's organization? The annals. They had someone okay. 
Isn't that like isn't that what they say? I don't know. I'm not Annals. an English major. Yeah. Annals, Annals. I don't know. Edit. Uh, if they brought someone out of retirement, like these players retire from the Bills, wouldn't it be a fun twist if they just cut and like, hey, you want to unretire? I think that'd be fun. That'd be a nice. That would be fun. That would like reverse. That'd be like a little reverse. Maybe that would reverse the the jinx, the bad vibes here. Right. Right. That would that would that would do a lot. I think. Vontae Davis just like one of these flipping out. Yeah. Vontae Davis rolling in his grave. Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden. One of you guys unretire and come back to the Bills. Anquan Bolden move sells his house, buys a house in Buffalo to follow his son at UB. So he can just hang out. And then uh, it's like, well, Super Bowl not... celebration. yeah, exactly. Then all of a sudden he's just like, well, I'm not doing anything. I may as well just join the Bills again. And Cole Bolden's probably pretty old by now, right? Yeah, he's got to be yeah. like in his 40s easily. I was going to say, he's right. probably 40 by now. Feels like he shouldn't be that old, but yeah, he's probably old. Probably pretty old by now, I'd he's say. He's probably old. I don't, he's got I don't a kid in college. I don't even know if you need to look that one up. Uh, no, I'm going to. I will say something positive. The injuries obviously are negative. The defensive line continues to shine. Defensive line has been yes. great all year. Von Miller returned. Doesn't really have an impact. I think it might have been a little rushed and might have been a product of Shaq Lawson missing and um, Greg Rousseau missing the game due to injury. So they needed that depth still. And it seemed like he was on a snap count because he obviously didn't see the field much in the fourth quarter. So still good to have him back in the fold. But the defensive line, interior and exterior, shine at Oliver has been Amazing. One sack, three tackles for losses. AJ Epinesa has to be the talking point here. Making his daddy Epinesa Epinesa proud with that mm-hmm. kind of performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the kind of performance that makes me think like, I maybe do want you to sign a bridge like three-year deal for like $6, yes. $7 million. Yes, I do too. I, I've, I've wanted this. Yes, I have agreed with that. I thought there. Were, I thought he was decent enough. Like he, it's not like he belongs not on a team. Like he belongs on a team. He belongs in the oh, league. Yeah. So he's an NFL yeah. yeah, for sure. So I mean, he may as well be on our team. Otherwise, we got another problem to solve. We may as well. I, just... I do love the way he gets his hands up, even if he's not getting mm-hmm. in the quarterback. Yeah, like that's that's, that's what trend. I wanted to see for two years now, and that is yeah. Go ahead, say what you're that's saying. That's a trend. That's a trend thing. for the whole team. That's a trend for him, but that's a trend yeah. for the whole team. We get we get a lot of. Blocks, hands, wide wingspan, passes knocked down. Groot is very good at it too. As it should be. You yeah, get these guys right. who are taller than your average defensive edge. If you're not going to get to the quarterback, get your hands up, especially when you're going up against smaller quarterbacks like Tua. Like, right. These guys are having trouble seeing over the line of scrimmage as it is. Problem that plagued Doug Flutie his whole life as Bills fans now. Get your hands up. Make it even more difficult for him. If you're not going to get to him, Back down some passes. One of those passes is just going to pop up in the air, and we're going to get an interception. It almost happened Sunday. I think Oliver got his hand on one that went right up in second too late to react for an interception. But they've been doing a great job of getting their hands up. And they stay there. Yeah. And they stay there. Yes. And they stay there. Um, AJ Epinesa was really good. That's probably one of the – best games i've seen him play as a bill uh oh come on the best game no that dolphins game when he knocked out Tua, he was a monster okay yeah i i think was it last year i think he made i think he made bigger no, plays in that game but i think ago. overall like he made a lot of splash games with splash plays in this one too but i think that this was like he was consistently high level in this game the entire time and it showed in splash and it was and it was yeah he was really good. I don't know why we're trying to argue really how good he is because he was really good. 
<laughs> he was really good. I think we can agree on that. No yeah, reason to argue there. Uh, Ed Oliver was very good. Uh, the depth is going to come into question, though, especially on the interior line. Daquan Jones, again, was having his best season, uh, a career season, if you will. Um, now I need other players to step up. And a guy who's stepping up, unsurprising to us, Tony, who could have predicted this coming? Not us, but us, because he's been on the show. Kingsley Jonathan, that dude is really good. I was just going to say, yeah, That's a lot of Kingsley Jonathan. Effects. I'm it a is. fan. A lot of, I've been a fan since he came on the show, but now he's like producing on the <laughs> not field. Not before, but yeah. <laughs> no, not before he came on the show. Not before he came on the show, but I was on just the show. underdog story. Yeah. Yeah. I'm drafted. Yeah. What? I've been a fan his entire career. Well, yeah, because that's when he came, he came on the show at the beginning <laughs> of, of said career. Yes. Kingsley Jonathan is showing up. He has been yes. good. He's, a, he's every time he sees the field, like you notice him, he's always noticeable. And when he went very noticeable and when he was injured for that span of time, people, not just us were like, Oh, I don't want to lose Kingsley Jonathan. Right. He's a contributor. Everyone he's known. He's a known contributor, known I contributor, when the Bears known nice guy. Year. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Off the practice squad. Yeah. Um, he's good. It's worth, it's worth appreciating him. So who he, do you think in the interior he, is going to have the Kingsley Jonathan? Who's going to step up in the interior, the defensive line without Daquan Jones. Now? Tim Settle. Is he? I guess. We sure about that. <laughs> well, I don't know. The way you the way you set it up. The, the way you set up that question was like it was supposed to be someone who's like a surprise factor, someone we wouldn't have expected. So then I said to him settle because I wouldn't expect him to do it. I wasn't setting it up. I thought we were gonna say Puna four because that seems like the natural Well, that would be a surprise because he hasn't been active. So that would in. be yeah, that would be a that would be a, a good surprise one, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think I like Puna I Ford, he, so we think we think Puna Ford did get our or he did get my uh, TJ Graham. We're getting a, he's getting a sure. lot of hype in June award is yep. not going to do anything that's in the true. regular season. And that's holding true. So I'm hoping he can relinquish his TJ Graham award because <laughs> he hasn't done much. He's been inactive, of course, so he hasn't had a chance to do much. Now he's going to get a chance to do much. Uh, I'm going to look at a guy who. Might have a Kingsley Jonathan esque ascendance up the roster charts here now that there's been some injuries. He's more of a defensive edge, but I really liked his game in the preseason. And if they activate him, I think he can have like a Kingsley Jonathan kind of impact of like, oh, that guy's noticeable. He's making plays. And that's Cameron Klein. Oh, I would yeah. love to see them call up Cameron Klein and give him some reps. I think he was he was very good in the preseason. Yes, it was against third stringers for the most part, but he 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 showed out. He's super athletic. They for a guy who's like six four, another length guy, uh, two eighty ish, maybe a little too small to play defensive edge. But you can put him in like certain pass rushing packages, and he's super athletic. He's so athletic in the preseason. They had him on special team for a guy that big. Kind of reminded me of Jason Peters back in the like. This guy is way too big to be playing special teams, but it's super fun to watch hmm. him play special teams and cover kicks because uh, he's just trucking people over at full speed. Uh, that's kind of the effect I had from Cameron Klein. If they give him a call up, just like they did Vickers this this past game, uh, I think he can have like a Kingsley Jonathan type of impact of like, whoa, where'd that guy come from? My my choice is Cameron Klein. I could see that. That would be fun. So, do you think him and Puna Ford could be activated or could could see playing time? I guess I could too, as I'm just sort of sort of talking my way through this. Um, I think they're gonna have to stagger the practice squad calls because you only get okay the four. Right. 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 So then do you think that they stagger in a way that the that like they save players 
Or do you think if they think like Cameron Klein is the best one to come up, then they're going to call him up? I mean, if he makes a Kings or Jonathan know. like impact, I would keep him on the roster. Well, that's I true. Know. If he makes it, yeah, because he can also play oh, special yeah. teams. I think that's an important factor, especially for those guys who are like fifty through fifty-three, which is probably mm-hmm. what Cameron Klein would be. Um, so that's what I'm looking for. But after Sunday, we're going to have to rely more on the offense, and the offense can't be putting up twenty points in an uncomfortable twenty points at that. They're going to need to start looking like the offense we know they can look like because of the talent they have, because this defense is battered, bruised, short manned. Like <laughs> defense is going to be interesting. It's going to be different. I think is there's going to be a lot of um, coverage schemes to accommodate the lack of experience and the guys like Dorian Williams and maybe the lack of coverage talent, like guys like Charles Dodson and God forbid if Kyrie Elam has to play again, because he wasn't great Sunday. <laughs> so, and it looks like he's going to have to, because Dane Jackson been, uh, did not practice. Right. The past two games or two days. So uh, it looks like Benford, more power, ha, 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 and Kyrie Elam are going to have to to be the dynamic duo here. So this defense is going to be interesting. Offense has got to step up. Tony, your final thoughts before we wrap up the episode here. Ooh. Um, defense is going to be interesting. I Like you say that, I don't know why you're using the term interesting. I have no faith in the defense anymore. It's purely on <laughs> the offense. Josh has to put up 40 Who's the optimist now? Just, <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay. Like if, if I'm being optimistic, because what I was actually thinking about today is I'm like just sort of staring into the abyss. I was really thinking about how, well, you know, we have a super good quarterback. And I remember like a lot of the yeah. years with Tom Brady on the, on the, on New England, like there was like nobody else on the team and they still won the Super Bowl. So I just kind of was like thinking right. about that. I'm like, well, you know, if we, if we put it on, if we put it on there and like, just do it right and figure it out, then we could still be in good shape. So that's the optimistic view that I, that I was taking myself towards. Just And then just Milano like our... and DQ will get, we'll come back. Yeah. Okay. But I was going to say, just like our YouTube promo picture has Billy the answer head from figure it out. Ken Dorsey. I think that's the main message of this episode. Figure it out. Yes. There's an SNL. There's an SNL skit with Keenan Thompson where he plays this character and he just like says everything bad. And then they're like, well, what's the solution? He fix it. And he just like yells, fix it. Uh-huh. He's like, I don't know how, just fix it. <laughs> that's what I feel like Ken Dorsey. I'm just like, well, like, this. like, fix it. I don't know what to do I- to fix it because you have super talented team. Just fix it. I like, and I like the figure it out call because Summer Sanders, known Bills fan, known Bills Mafia, right. uh, known Bills Mafia. an American hero, if you ask me. So Olympic hero, yeah. It's it's all set, it's all setting up. Summer Sanders should come. Like, you know, we should do. There should be should other try people to get leading. her on the show. That's that's a better idea. Yes, we should try to get Summer Sanders oh, on the show. Questions. That's a great idea. That is a that is a fantastic idea. I was gonna say we should start having Bills fan celebrities leading the charge, making it more than just former players. Yeah, get Summer Sanders like in there. The same former players at that. Like I feel like this is right. like this week. Aaron Williams is leading the charge. I feel like this is like the fourth time Aaron Williams has like led the charge. That's a good point. Yeah, get Summer Sanders in here. You gotta like get, get some uh, diversity here. Yeah, get what's his face, Daniel Who's Ricardo. Um... Get Haley. Oh, you have a celebrity. 20 feet away yeah that's a good point yeah that is a good point yeah why can't Haley do it she's here she's already there already there yeah stop being so lazy Haley lazy celebs was Hollywood style I know it's time to start contributing for once jeez time to start paying your dues yeah Uh, it'll take five minutes you got a free ticket I know 
it's better than the tickets that the other charge leaders get. That's true. And you have better seats than Takeo Spikes, I'm sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What do you say we wrap it up? Uh, I'm in favor. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, thank you to our sponsor, www.travelinggrower.com. Check out all the quality koozies starting at just $5. I'm already Christmas shopping, Tony. I'm already holiday shopping. This is a great stocking stuffer if you need something for your loved one, your family, your friends out there. Traveling growler koozies. They're awesome. Keeping your beers cold during these winter months when they're probably already cold. But traveling growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Check it out. Awesome product. Awesome. I got mine right here. Da -da -da. Look at that. Quality product. And you're shopping local and you're supporting local. Great cause. Love traveling growler. Podcast store, teespring.com. Uh, search Google Teespring, witty, not funny, all one word. You will find our store just like that. All the cool designs out there, Sabres, Bills, some non-sports ones. We got like a Buffalo 3D one that's actually 3D. It looks super cool if you get those old cardboard blue and red glasses. It's a 3D t-shirt. It's super cool. So check out the store. Like I said, if you buy a t-shirt or a hoodie or a crew neck or a long sleeve, you support the podcast. You support Tony and I. Put a lot of work into this. We need new audio equipment, obviously. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so please one buy of us does shirts one of us does right? so clear yourself over there buddy yeah i'm just, I, I'm, just I'm not even well. trying though <laughs> oh i am i'm glad my co-host is not trying uh but check out all the cool designs i promise you like you will get a mention from your bill's friends out there they will mention how cool your t-shirt is they'll ask you where you got it so check out the t-shirt store today teespring.com Witty Not Funny, all one word, or Google search Teespring, Witty Not Funny. Support the podcast today. We need new equipment. I feel like we should make like a Google or an Amazon wish list. Get us get us new audio equipment. Buy a t-shirt today. Uh, you can find the podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, audio, Spotify, iTunes, dropping the day after today, which is tomorrow. For those who don't know, for those who don't know their day of the week, so their mind calendars or anything, the day after today is tomorrow. Or the day after tomorrow is what did Joe and Hall say? Anyway, um, check out us. Uh, check us out on audio, uh, also YouTube and Facebook as you're viewing it tonight. Uh, if you didn't catch it live, catch the recording on the Built in Buffalo Facebook and YouTube pages. Make sure you like and subscribe to everything Built in Buffalo is giving you. Like I said, the best Bills content out there. Uh, Twitter handles you can see it at the bottom of the screen there. If I turn the banner off. Boom, at Woody Sports 716 on Twitter, Instagram, Woody Not Funny Sports, Facebook, TikTok. Or if you're on Blue Sky, we're at Buffalo Sabres. It's easy. We're not anymore. What? Did we lose the handle? <laughs> uh, we decided to turn the Blue Did Sky access handle a little, bit, a little bit different. Well, actually, maybe we'll try and get it back because I have codes to Blue Sky. Maybe we can own two accounts. Get it back. One can be get Buffalo Sabres. And the other one can be at T Ambrose. T Ambrose. T Ambrose. T Ambrose. T Ambrose. You follow the podcast at Woody Sports 716. Make sure you follow. We love connecting with the Bills, Mafia, Saber Sports people, the sports community out there. We love following back. So make sure you go on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it these days. We still call it the Ralph, damn it. Uh, at Woody Sports 716. Uh, Tony, send off for the listeners. What do you say? Congratulations, JJ Paterka, on scoring the first goal of the year. I hope that our actual goal scorers can get their act together. It is currently 4-1. Right. Go we'll, Sabres. We'll talk a little Sabres next week as the season kicks off tonight. Mm -hmm. Getting a little more into that. 
uh, for a couple. It'll still be mostly Bills, but we'll touch on the Sabres because we like to cover all Buffalo or share the love a little. So uh, make sure you continue to check it out. If you checked it out tonight, thank you for viewing. Thank you for uh, battling the audio issues with us or video issues or whatever we're experiencing over here. Uh, if you liked us, like the creativity and like a different way of talking about the Bills with wild conspiracy theories, then make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, and we appreciate it. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time, we greatly appreciate it. So thank you for tuning in and viewing tonight. And with that, I say stay witty out there, everyone. Go Bills. Thanks for viewing. Peace. Bye. Bye. Do the Josh Allen hat flip. The digs. Later. Marshawn is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? <laughs> it it kind of looks like a football, actually. It Thank you for that. Stitching, you that, got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.